everyone. Welcome back to the Space Social Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Crump, and I wanted to do a little PSA before we got into this episode. So I was really touched by this episode and listening back, I really enjoyed it. And in the episode, we talk about how Zoe is the co-owner of Soul Lunar Retreats and how they have a retreat coming up in April. And I went and signed up for it. So I am going to leave the website to sign up for the retreat in the show notes. If this episode speaks to you, I would love for you to come and join us. I know they extended their early bird pricing until the day after Christmas. So if this speaks to you, go ahead and sign up and I'd love to see you there. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Space Social Podcast. This week, I am excited to be joined by Zoe Buxton. Hi, Zoe. Hi. So Zoe is a Reiki master and chakra specialist. She is the owner of the Healing Co. and the co-owner of Soul Lunar Retreats, which are healing and awakening retreats for women. She is she lives in Pleasant Grove and she's the mom of two little boys and has been married for seven years and was a former ENT before she got into Reiki. Yeah. <laughs> so I I wanted to talk about a little bit about my experience with Zoe before Zoe explains what Reiki is. So about two months ago, I was referred to Zoe from one of my cousins and I booked a distance, a distance Reiki session. Is that what you call them? Yes. Okay. Yep. So I booked a distance Reiki session and I felt like I went into it really open I had never done anything like this and even to this day I the things I remember is my root chakra was so heavy I also remember my knee was in what felt like heavy as well and then I for the whole session I saw the color purple because my eyes were closed the whole time which was significant at the end I'm gonna have Zoe explain a little bit about what Reiki is and how it's beneficial especially to um, business owners but she's gonna start by explaining what Reiki is Absolutely. So Reiki is a form of energy work um, and everything that exists in the universe is energy and our bodies especially are full of it. And energy can easily stagnate in the body anywhere that there has been physical injury or emotional pain. And over time, those energy blocks will eventually cause illness. And we've been able to scientifically prove this at this point in time. And and there are a lot of books out there like Feelings Buried Alive Never Die or When the Body Says No and, and many others that talk specifically about this. And energy work aims to clear those blocks and, and really just help the flow of energy in the body. So Reiki specifically is a holistic healing method that has been practiced for thousands of years, if not since the beginning of time. And in fact, if you ask me, and this is kind of just my personal opinion, but I feel like this is probably the hands-on type of practice of healing that is similar to the way that Jesus healed. Um, Reiki has been practiced in the United States since about 1939. Oh, I didn't know that. So it's pretty recent. So even though it's it's been here a while, um, and and yes, more recent than than other countries, but it really it's been around for a bit, and it's still a pretty unfamiliar holistic healing method. Um, but it's super super common in countries that focus more on drugless healing. So it originated from Japan. 
And the form of Reiki that I practice and teach is called Asui Reiki. Uh, It's a Japanese technique for relaxation that promotes healing. So the word Reiki itself is derived from two Japanese words, Rei, which means universal, and Ki, which means life energy. So Reiki is universal life force energy. Um, So after World War II, most of the Reiki practitioners in Japan had to go underground due to conditions that were... Yeah, due to conditions that were imposed by the United States. And so thankfully, there was a woman that we call Takata Sensei. She learned a form of Reiki in Japan and returned to her home in Hawaii to teach right before the start of World War II, which not only brought Reiki to the West, but it prevented Reiki from being lost completely. And the form of Reiki that she learned and taught is called Asui Reiki, named after Asui Sensei, and it became the predominant form of Reiki that's now practiced throughout the world. So that's kind of a cool little origin story of of Reiki. Yeah, that I didn't know that. That was very educational. So how does Reiki, I mean, excuse me, yes, how does Reiki work? So Reiki is a high frequency energy that breaks up and alchemizes all lower frequency energy. And because of this, it's a wonderful method for healing and balancing all aspects of the mind, body, spirit. So a quick side note here is that Reiki is not a massage. I I do get that question all the time. Is Reiki a massage? Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's not, but it is as relaxing as one. So during a Reiki session, Reiki is performed by placing the hands in a special series of positions on or slightly above or around the body. And most of the hand placements that we use correlate directly with the chakras, which I can explain in a little bit. Okay. During a Reiki session, Reiki energy is being channeled by the practitioner and it flows through the hands of the practitioner and into the energy body of the client. So the actual Reiki energy does not come from the practitioner, which differentiates Reiki from some of the other healing modalities that are out there. Um, The Reiki energy comes directly from source. So whatever that is to you, whether it's God or the universe or, you know, just a higher power or maybe your higher self, whatever that is, Reiki comes directly from source. And the Reiki practitioner is simply a conduit, a channel for that energy. And then Reiki promotes healing by activating the relaxation response that helps the body to heal and balance from a cellular level. So there are a lot of benefits to receiving a Reiki session and just some of them I'll list for you here. Okay. Uh, but the biggest one is probably relaxation. That's kind of the yes. biggest thing that is super relaxed. Um, there's a, a huge release of any physical or emotional tension that we're holding on to in our bodies. There's a release of any energetic blocks. Um, we've noticed that Reiki will decrease people's pain levels, so it will kind of get rid of a lot of pain. Um, there's a decrease in stress and anxiety. Uh, it will improve your sleep that increases the speed of healing. So Reiki is also really good after surgeries or, you know, anything like that. Um, it returns full alignment to your chakras. It will promote balance between your mind, body, and spirit. It can help you boost your mood. It gives you some inner clarity. It helps aid with emotional cleansing and it helps with your spirit 
spiritual growth. And then also it energizes and balances the whole body. So it's really this beautiful package of just really high vibrational energy that's going to make you feel better in whatever way you need to. Yeah, I remember feeling so relaxed after. (laughs) So how did you get into Reiki healing? Honestly, Reiki saved me. So I spent a lot of years avoiding a lot of things because I think deep down, I knew that at the time I wasn't strong enough to face them. I didn't have the tools or the skill set necessary. So kind of like most do, I numbed them out or I ignored them completely, which Mm -hmm. meant that I was ignoring parts of myself completely. Uh, But the thing with that is that it follows you. The, The body keeps the score. And I was running from a lot of trauma, everything from sexual abuse to emotional manipulation to childhood conditioning to limiting beliefs. And I was experiencing eating disorders and depression and a crippling lack of self-worth. And back then, um, trying to be, you know, a a new wife and then a new mom and uh, working and just all of these different things, my answer to it was really to just move forward. And I looked for a lot of validation. I would do whatever I needed to do and I would be whoever I needed to be to gain some sort of validation because it made me feel like I was worthy of something. Yeah. And it left me living this really sad, inauthentic life. And because the body keeps the score, I started to get really sick. And so then a few years ago, I let go of my, I call it a fake it to make it mentality. I yeah. let go of that. And I embraced a face it to make it mentality. And I realized that to heal things, I had to feel things. And I was too tired and too sick to keep running from all of these things that had been chasing me anymore. So I stopped running and I dropped the guards and I turned around and I kind of really just let all that stuff engulf me. And it was one of the scariest things that I've ever done, but it was also the most liberating. There were so many big emotions and I really just forced myself to sit in them. And in the midst of all of that pain and sadness and loss, the things that we really don't want to feel, right? Right. I found myself and I was right where I I left. It was, she was right where I left her. And I, I realized that at that point, at the point in my life where the going got tough, I had abandoned myself. And so my job really became finding myself again and doing a lot of healing. And one of the key moments came from a women's retreat that I went on. I had hit what felt like rock bottom. And even though it was out of my comfort zone, I knew that I needed to go to this retreat and find some peace and clarity. And during the course of this retreat, which by the way, I I almost left multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) One of the healers ended up doing Reiki on me during a meditation. And this was my very first experience with energy work. And even though it only lasted a few seconds, as soon as this woman took her hands off of me and walked away, the majority of my emotional and physical pain left as well. And I Goodness. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I remember laying there just sobbing. I mean, I was absolutely stunned. 
And I could not wrap my mind around what had happened. I mean, I, I didn't grow up knowing anything about energy work. I had no idea what I just experienced. And so obviously after the meditation ended, I went and I hunted this woman down and I wrote <laughs> her, you know, what did you do to me? And she explained Reiki and she explained how it worked. And then I went home and the first thing I told my husband when I walked back in the door was, I need to get certified in Reiki. And he kind of just looked at me and was like, okay. <laughs> and three weeks later, I was a certified level one and two Reiki practitioner. So oh, okay. really for me, my, my journey with Reiki was, was originally just for me. I wanted to learn so that I could continue to heal myself and have some tools that I could use on my kids. And mm -hmm. there... I quickly realized that I have some spiritual gifts and I could sense when my family and friends needed healing and rebalancing. So I started. What are those? Um, do you mind me asking what you felt like your spiritual gifts are? So I feel like for me, it comes in terms of, um, I think we, we would refer to it as claircognizance and clairvoyance, uh, just kind of these, uh, like a sixth sense of knowing or being able to receive these impressions of what people need or being able to actually see what they, they're going through and um, whether they tell you or not. Like, I, I already know these things. Okay. So that's, that's been a huge help to me in, in Reiki. Um, but I could sense it. And, and a lot of this too is, you know, being an empath and being able to feel, you know, what the people around you are going through and, and their energy. And so when I started to feel that from family and friends, I started to work on them too. And then I got the impression that I needed to be that source for other people as well. So I opened up the doors to the Healing Co. And I worked my way up to the status of, or the title of Reiki master. And then I began teaching others how to do Reiki. And then from there, I began teaching others how to teach others to do Reiki. And then more recently, I co-founded Soluna Retreats. And it's just been this magical ripple effect that started simply with some somebody doing Reiki on me, which turned into me finding my true calling. Yeah. I love that you had no idea what it even was. And then you come home and tell your husband, I have to sign up for this. I have to learn. This. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was shocked. He's like, um, I don't know what that is, but I hope you had a good trip. <laughs> um, I imagine it would feel overwhelming to first off. I, I, I'm not an empath, but I know that that's probably very overwhelming to be an empath, but it's probably healthy to be a Reiki master with that as well. Yeah. Do I you feel like it is? It really is. And, and I see a lot of when I do Reiki training, a lot of the people that come in, they're already empaths and, you know, it's just something that I think that there are probably a lot of empaths out there and there's probably a lot of empaths listening to this. And really it just becomes about realizing that you have this gift, but also knowing when to draw the line and when you need to be able to shield yourself and guard from it so that you're not always constantly taking on everybody else's stuff. Because there, be there comes a point where it can become unhealthy when you're carrying things that don't belong to you. Right. Oh. So how did you, you decided to start your business mm -hmm. with Reiki? I mean, excuse, yes, with Reiki. Yeah. Um, so how did you grow your business? Because I don't think this is a very popular practice in Utah. Yeah. So how did, how did, were you able to grow this? So really since the day that I realized that Reiki was my life path, 
um, which is kind of interesting because I thought that my life path was as an EMT, right? And and now right. here I am with this new life path. Um, but the universe has been molding me and guiding me and and really just paving the way. And my job is just to follow with an open heart and willing hands. And I tell my students when we do Reiki master training that Reiki isn't something that you master. It's something that masters you. So I learned a long time ago that I didn't want to come at this from a normal um, business attitude. Uh, It needed to be a little bit different just because it is you know, a spiritual practice and the art of healing. And so we operate a little bit differently. And I didn't want to come at it from a place of ego or greed or even a scarcity mindset because it's not my job to force healing on people or to think of people as a paycheck. It's my job to educate and to heal. And really, I just create a space where that healing can occur for my clients. And when that's the, the focus, there's no ego in it. I'm not attached to any outcome. And I'm really just letting the universe work through me. So I've learned to live my medicine, to truly do Reiki. I first became Reiki in a sense. Reiki is woven throughout every moment in my daily life, whether that's Reiki sessions that I do on myself or Reiki meditations, or even infusing what I eat or drink with Reiki energy or shielding myself with Reiki. I mean, for me, it's always Reiki. And something that's been really interesting to see is how my business has actually changed during the pandemic. So I came home from this retreat. I I got certified in Reiki. I opened the doors to the Healing Co. And it slowly started to pick up pace. A lot of, uh, you know, the beginning was just friends and family. And then the word started to get out there. And I ended up having enough clients that I could move out of my living room and rent uh, a little room in a metaphysical shop. And Mm -hmm. right about the time that happened, you know, I realized, wow, I'm growing, like things are starting to come together. And uh, right as soon as I rented out that room and I had been there for, you know, maybe half a year or so, um, the pandemic started and the metaphysical shop shut down along with everything else. And for a few days, I sat in this feeling of like, wow, I'm out of a job. Um, And it was a really big damper because I felt like I had just started growing on a larger scale. Um, but that, that's a little bit of ego, right? So as soon as I realized that I was like, okay, I have to end the pity party. And I I dove into a meditation and I simply asked, what is my role here? Uh, What am I supposed to do? And this idea came to me that now more than ever before people needed healing. And they needed it to be readily available to them because a lot of them were out of work too. And so I turned to Instagram and I started really just educating about Reiki. And then I began to offer distance Reiki. So what I did with you, um, I began to offer that on a sliding scale payment range. So I told people whatever they could pay, no matter how little would be entirely acceptable. No questions asked. And literally immediately I got swamped. Oh my gosh. I just got the chill. It was seriously such a humbling thing for me to experience because the universe, like people were coming in droves, people from other States, people from other countries. I had multiple sessions a day, every single day, seven days a week. It was absolutely insane how busy I was. And honestly, it was the most fulfilling thing 
that I have ever experienced. Um, And kind of a cool side note to that was that even though I offered the sliding scale payment range, I would say that about 60% of people did not even use that. Um, So it it definitely was something as soon as I kind of stepped out of the way and said, okay, this will be what it needs to be. And I'm not going to be attached to making a certain amount of money and I'm not going to stress about it. I'm just going to do what I can. Like, what can I do? Um, As soon as I really got into that mindset, all of a sudden I was like, okay, here, you're super busy. And most of these people are, you know, paying what you, what full price would have been. Um, And it was just this really cool thing to get to witness. And I think I really realized through all of that, that I'm here to be of service and that's always going to look different, but it's going to be exactly what it needs to be. And I don't have to stress about it. So ever since then, it's really just been, it's continued growing. The pandemic ended and I started training people and um, then from there opening up Saluna and it's just been this constant, you know, up, up, up movement as far as business growth. So so uh, this is questions a little bit different, but it came to me when um, you were talking about that experience. I try to use and ask the universe for certain things in my business, but I think sometimes people aren't sure how to start. So how as a Reiki master, would you tell somebody to ask the universe and incorporate asking the universe for assistance in their business? I love this question. Okay. So really a lot of this is just um, like law of attraction or law of abundance and being able to manifest what you want. And really the key to anything like this is to start with an intention of how do you want to feel? What do you want your life to look like? And I tell people to get really clear about that. Pull out a journal, write down what it is that you want, but I want you to even go beyond that. I don't, I don't want you to just write, you know, I want a new job or I want a new house. I want you to write exactly what you like really envision it and write down exactly what you want in this job or in this house. And how do you want to feel when you're there? Um, you know, I want to, you know, if it's a house, you know, it could be like, I want a a house with a white picket fence and a blue front door. And I want to feel happy, like really get into it because when we can start bringing emotion into it, it's easier for us to get, to get attached to this thing. And it helps the universe bring it to us. If that makes sense. Right. Um, So really just kind of getting clear at first. And then, you know, it can, it doesn't have to be a, uh, you know, universe, please send me this, but really just speaking it into existence in whatever way that looks like for you. Maybe that's reaffirming. Maybe that's like some affirmations of, you know, I am this, I have a great business or, um, I'm not worried about finances. Uh, so maybe just some affirmation work in the morning. Maybe it's writing a letter. Um, maybe it's, you know, physically telling the universe, okay, I would like this. And I think that I'm ready for this. And this is why I want to be able to feel this way. I want to be able to not worry about money. I want to, you know, whatever it is. Um, And then the most important step is uh, acting like you've already received it. Because to be at that, you have to be at that vibration to be able to get whatever it is that you're asking for. So already having gratitude in advance for it and already, um, you know, just operating at that level of consciousness or that vibration of, you know, I am a CEO. I am, I'm going to dress like a CEO. I'm going to act like a CEO type thing will help you achieve that way quicker than if you didn't do any of those things. 
Yeah. I, I really am trying to incorporate, you know, intuition and abundance and asking universe into my business. So I really appreciate you telling that. And I love that when you let the universe guide you, it brought you success. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. Um, I also want to ask, what would your advice be for someone who is wanting to try Reiki, who never has, or, you know, they, they're just a little unsure about it. What would your advice be to those people? (laughs) So obviously I would say, just go for it, which is right. (laughs) Um, That's me. But really I would say it's worth a try. Um, Back in 2006 alone, there was an estimated 1.2 million adults in the United States that tried Reiki and that was 14 years ago. So it's really becoming more and more popular and the demand for Reiki has now grown so much that it's commonplace in over 800 hospitals in the United States, uh, which is not only a huge step, but it's also this beautiful thing to see Western medicine and holistic practices coming together because we don't really get to see that a lot. Um, but if someone's a little nervous about it, I would tell them that Reiki respects free will, meaning that it won't heal you if you don't allow it to do so. So this is where it's really important to keep an open mind, just like you did. And Mm -hmm. if the idea of Reiki is something that resonates with you, I would open yourself up to it, find a practitioner that you vibe with or connect with and surrender the rest. And and just know that Reiki does no harm and that it's only designed to heal. Um, For the highest good of all is a term that we use often when speaking about Reiki. There are no side effects to, to, there are no negative side effects to Reiki. And it's just this beautiful, enlightening, healing practice. And so I would tell somebody if it calls to you to answer the call and go try it. So how often, if you try Reiki, how often do you s- suggest that someone does it? If you've never had Reiki before, it's everybody's different. Um, I usually tell people, you know, once about once a month is a good bet. Um, I know people that will kind of schedule with their chiropractor regularly once a month. And I say, it's, it's the same thing for Reiki. You know, we gotta, we gotta heal the, the emotional to heal the physical. We have to continue working on the energy body. And especially if you've never had a session before, you can probably expect that there's going to be a lot of stuff there that your practitioner is going to have to clear out. Um, and it's like people peeling back the layers of an onion. Every time we do a session, there's more and more that we find. Um, and so really, I would say if this is something that you want to, to try and you've never had a session before, I would shoot for about once a month um, for maybe just a couple months and kind of see how you're feeling after that. And then really, I tell people, I want you to learn to trust your own intuition. And so I tell a lot of my clients, you know, come back to me when you know that you're not operating in your full, authentic, you know, powerful vibe when you've lost sight of that a little bit, when you feel a little bit sluggish or stagnant or frustrated, or like there's some stuff going on below the surface that you don't know what's kind of happening there. That's when you come back and we clear it out and, you know, go back to, to normal life. So Okay, I'm glad you said that because I've I've been wanting another session, but I'm gonna book one after that we're done with. This. <laughs> um, so I would really like if you um talked about what the chakras are. Ah. 
um, if you could just talk about the symbolism of those, because this is something I didn't know before our session. It's so fascinating to me. Yeah. So I'll give you kind of a crash course on chakras. Cause again, it's kind of one of those things that, uh, we don't really talk about too much. And this is something that I even teach my kids, my little boys, they're three and six. And, you know, already they know all the chakras and everything, but I didn't learn this until I was in my twenties. So um, many cultures throughout history have acknowledged the chakras or something similar. You've got, you know, the Greeks, Native Americans, the Incas, the Mayans. Um, But we have seven chakras and they start at the base of our spine and they flow upward. So the first one, first chakra, as root chakra. So this is located at the base of the spine and root chakra is a center for security and survival. So family, grounding, community, safety, all of these are themes of root chakra and root chakra is one that we usually see as the color red. And then so when, when you really quick, when you were doing mine, I remember you were working on this for so long because mine was so heavy. And even like laying in a bed, a state away from you, Mm -hmm. it was so heavy. Yeah. Like I couldn't even believe that I could feel that, but it was fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. And really just depending on what, what's going on in your life, root chakra is one that, that can be very easily affected and we can't operate. Root chakra is like a really really big deal because we can't fully use all of the other ones if we can't heal root chakra first. Um, Just because this is, you know, this is your safety and your security and, and just all of those things that keep you grounded. Um, So, yeah. Sorry to interject, sorry to interject, but Uh, That was just very profound to me when we were working together. Yeah. But once your root chakra was in alignment again and flowing, look what you did after that. You know, all that fear was gone. You didn't have that, that, you know, fear and, oh, I won't be safe if I do this or, you know, all of a sudden you were free to, to go do your thing. And it was beautiful. It It truly was. Yes. So we've got root chakra there. That's our first chakra base of the spine. And then sacral chakra is located about two inches below your navel. And this is the center for emotional balance. This is your sexuality, your sensuality, your creativity. Uh, This is where we store our deep emotions as well as hold that connection to our creative energies. So sacral chakra is usually, we see that as the color orange. Okay. And then we have solar plexus. This is the third one. And solar plexus is yellow. This is located right where your ribs come together on the center of your upper abdomen. So kind of under that, like the top of your rib cage there. And this is the center for your purpose, your personal authority, your willpower. This is your manifestation, your self-control. So that is our solar plexus chakra. Um, And then we have heart chakra. So heart chakra is located at the center of your chest. And this one is green. And it is the center for love, compassion, forgiveness, peace, gratitude, being able to connect with others. So everything that, you know, is love is heart chakra. And then we have throat chakra, which is located at the center of your neck. And this is your communication, your balance, your honesty, your expression. And this one is usually light blue. Okay. And then we've got third eye chakra. I know this one's 
kind of usually the one people know about just because it's talked about so much, but (laughs) it's located directly between your eyebrows. And this is a center for intuition, imagination, perception, and vision. So this is a really important one for us to be able to have clear thought and be able to self reflect. This is the way that we perceive the world and therefore make decisions about it. Um, And the third eye is usually this one's dark blue in color. Um, and then we have crown chakra. So crown is the last one. This is located on the top of your head. And this is our center for ultimate understanding and knowing, uh, wisdom, spirituality. And this one is purple. So the whole time we were doing mine, Mm -hmm. I saw the color purple and I almost said it during the session, but I was like, Oh, I'll just tell her after. But what does that symbol, what does that symbolize? So when you see colors during Reiki sessions, a lot of times it signifies just either the state of mind you're in or where the practitioner is working. So again, like it's different for every person. Um, For you, I spent a lot of time working on your lower chakras, but the fact that you were seeing the purple of crown chakra chakra signifies for you that you were in that state of now having, you know, this the spirituality and the wisdom and the understanding. And that's kind of where you were at during the session. That's where, that's where your energy body was, was like, okay, now we can move forward with all of these things that we know because we're not stuck anymore. Yes. So I, another thing I was, when you were explaining that, do you see most people or either women specifically struggle with a a certain chakra? Um, I think, and again, it, it depends because people are so different. Um, I see a lot of women that struggle with sacral chakra. Um, this is, you know, our chakra that helps us set boundaries and express our needs. And, uh, sometimes I feel like that's, that's kind of the one for women that we really struggle with. This is, you know, it's our womb space. It's our, our power, but we're really taught that we probably shouldn't have that or focus on that or um you know it's kind of goes along with stepping into your divine feminine and just operating in your your goddess power um and i i think i see most women struggle with that one um also throat chakra you know being able to to express and to you know and this is kind of again another one that helps us with boundaries and with expressing our needs um sacral is where those needs come from and, or where we, you know, feel like we want to set the boundaries and then throat chakra is how we will express that we're doing those things. But this is a big one of, you know, people having, not having conversations that they would want to, or feeling like they can't say something. So throat chakra is one that I see a lot on women as well. So. Wow. That I'm not even surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you see any specific ones on men? Um, I think that men, a lot, a lot of men that I see, it's, it's going to be that brute chakra, um, because this is, you know, basic needs. So for men, you know, this is, am I provide like, you know, am I providing or, you know, food, shelter, water, you know, this is the kind of, uh, the, the kind of stuff that, 
that we talk about in root chakra when we say that it's um, your safety and your security for us, this shows up as, you know, it shows up a little bit differently for women as it does for men. Obviously women are worried about finances and stuff as well, but women sometimes have the additional worry of, you know, am I safe in this parking lot or, you know, what's my security like right now in this room full of people. Um, whereas I think men sometimes more, and, and again, I'm not trying to put everybody in the same category, but right. um, you know, really it's just about like, do I have enough money? Can I afford the things I want? Can I, provide for, you know, my kids? Does everybody have a roof over their head? And I think that that men struggle with this one quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, if root chakra is thrown off, you are left feeling unsafe. And I think that that's a very uncomfortable thing for men to experience because it, they're used to, you know, being able to fight away the saber tooth tiger, right? Like right. men have always been kind of the, the warrior mindset like that. And so then to all of a sudden feel like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm safe. Um, that's a hard one for them to go through. Yeah. Wow. So our three upper chakras, so the crown, the third eye, and the throat, these are our connection to, to the divine. So again, whatever this is for you, whether this is, you know, God or just your higher state of mind or um, the universe, and then the three lower chakras, the root, the sacral, and the solar plexus, these embody your physical self and represent your bodily needs, your connections, and your desires, while at the same time keeping you grounded. So we have this beautiful balance of, you know, being grounded to the earth and then also being connected to to whatever source is for us and at the very center of those sits your heart chakra operating all on its own and this is a direct connection to the expression of your true unique essence it's your your soul self so i also like to tell people that as well um the chakras can become imbalanced or blocked over time. And this is where we start to see that dis-ease, um, disease, dis-ease in the body. So even normal everyday life stuff can affect the chakras. It doesn't have to be a traumatic event. Um, and I explain that to people quite often because I think some people think that, you know, maybe Reiki is something that you only try uh, or experience if, you know that you have a lot of baggage to unpack or if you've been through a lot of things, but it's right. in everyday life. You know, a really good example of this again is that root chakra. If you move from one home to another home, even just that, I mean, that's a very normal thing. People move all the time, but that can throw off your root chakra because yeah. you know, home is safety and security. So, I can't even imagine how people's chakras are imbalanced, especially in 2020. Uh, yes. <laughs> like yeah. this is... Oh my gosh. That in the distant sessions with the pandemic, if, if really a lot of it was back to that root chakra because now we don't have our jobs. And what about our homes? And what about our families? And we're worried about our community. And there was so much fear. It was working through so much fear with people. Um, yeah, it was, it was intense. But yeah, <laughs> comes back in. This is where that energy work is so important because it clears out any blockages from the chakras and it keeps your body open and flowing in full alignment. Yeah. So has working in Reiki, how has that changed your view on the world and how you view people? So the practice of Reiki has completely transformed my life to 
be able to hold such a sacred space for others is incredible. And I'm seriously just so in awe that this is my life. I mean, yeah, it's different, you know, and I get a lot of strange looks when I tell people, you know, I'm a Reiki master and then I kind of have to explain what it is. And I know it's definitely, you know, I, I had chosen a different career path when I was younger and I thought, you know, I'm going to be an EMT. And, um, and that was also a beautiful experience. And really though, it's very similar. I'm just healing on a different, on a different plane right now. You know, I'm, I'm on a, um, but still answering that call to show up and heal. And that's all I've ever really wanted. And I think that doing, being Reiki, living Reiki, doing Reiki, it has disintegrated any judgment that I've ever held because I truly see each person as I see myself. We all have our own battles to fight. And while we are all different, wildly different, really, we are all exactly the same. And so many times I see people struggling with things that I have personally struggled with. And because of that, I've learned true empathy. And I live by the motto, we are all just walking each other home. I love that. And I am here, I firmly believe that I am here to hold others as I have been held and that I'm here to help others heal the way that I have healed. And really we all rise together. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. So Zoe, where can people find you and how can they book with you? Okay. So you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, Zoe, Z-O-E underscore Buxton, B-U-X-T-O-N. It'll come up as the Healing Co. will kind of show us the name. Um, You could also even just Google the Healing Co. in Utah and I'll pop up. Um, The website is the-healing-co.com and that's where people can go to book. So you can reach out to me personally, whether that's through, um, you know, Instagram or something, or you can even just go on the website and it will show the calendar and it will show when distance sessions are available and when in-person sessions are available. And it will also show uh, the calendar for Reiki training as well. Um, And then as far as the retreats, you can find us if you're interested in um, coming to a women's awakening and healing retreat where we really focus on a lot of this energy work and releasing a lot of these, these blocks and really just helping you connect back with your authentic true self. Um, You can find us at solunaretreats.com. So it's spelled S O L L U N A soul is the sun. Uh, Luna is the moon. So it's, you know, sun moon honoring that duality. Mm-hmm. So soul Luna retreats and the same thing on Instagram would be soul Luna retreats. Um, too. And then you have a retreat coming up in April, right? We do. We are taking, we have 12, we're going to be taking 12 women down to Kanab, Utah and staying in this gorgeous house for about three days. And we have half of our trick, our tickets are still left at this point that you and I are recording this. Um, but it's just going to be so beautiful. It's going to be such a beautiful, magical experience to see these women come and be able to just put down all of the big heavy life stuff and, and just go back to the basics of discovering who am I, what do I want? How can I attract it? And this is where we teach a lot of that, a lot of that manifestation, a lot of that, you know, releasing things that aren't yours and they're going to leave completely different people. And I can't believe that it's, it's real life. Like I get to be a part of that. It's (laughs) so crazy. Yeah. That's so amazing. So if this, if having a session, a Reiki session with Zoe, or the retreat speaks to you, I would highly suggest going and booking with her 
she's obviously amazing. I I love her work. I benefited from it. I started my business after we met together, Zoe. So I know um, it's been a beautiful thing to watch. And I'm, I'm just so honored that you asked me to come on this podcast. I am honored that you took the time. (laughs) So if I would appreciate if everyone would go follow my social media, it's at the space social. If you would subscribe, rate review this podcast, that would be amazing. And I hope you have a wonderful day.